Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Heva, and I'm joined here today by Meredith... Oh my God, Meredith Lynch. <laughs> Meredith, I, I'm so excited that my mouth isn't moving fast enough, you know? <laughs> that is totally fine. In fact, sometimes even when I say my name, I stumble on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a, it's a lot of syllables now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's something about the like Meredith and then the Lynch. They're a little, they're a little similar in sound. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, at least you have a name that people know and recognize. And yeah. <laughs> until people call you like Merrill Lynch or something like that. That you know. Wait, how did I not connect that? Do you get that constantly? I used to get it a lot in high school. Yeah. Which like also too was so weird because I was like, how much do you guys know about investment banking? <laughs> but um, now I'll get it from time to time, like on social media. And it's always so funny because people will say it like, like they've, like, I've never heard it. Like, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, they'll, 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 yeah. They'll, yeah. You probably never thought of this, but did you know, or like, you're not going to believe this, but I thought your name was Merrill Lynch. And I'm kind of like, I, I don't know. You could talk to Dave Salamone from freshman year and he probably would have been able to tell you the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe I've never connected that, but it's funny when you were like, oh, Meredith and Lynch sound similar. In my head, I was like, there's something about them that seems to go well together, but that's probably it. Like, I'm familiar with that combination. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Unfortunately, I don't have Merrill Lynch money yet. Yet. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Um, Wait, is Merrill Lynch in existence still? Um, Maybe not. But, yeah. but it was like a real Lynch. It was a Lynch who was really wealthy. In fact, my dad oh. had his, my when, I, when my dad was working, um, mm-hmm. his office was, his window was across from Peter Lynch, who was the head okay. of Merrill Lynch. Mm-hmm. And he would sometimes see him in his office, like having like, you know, like his photo taken or like there'd yeah. be a bunch of reports in there. And my dad didn't have a job that was, that would necessitate those things. And so I always thought that was kind of funny. It's like, oh, both of the Lynches just working, working <laughs> away across from each other, their, their desks. That's so funny. And it's kismet because you talk about this stuff. I mean, not like investing. That's not what you talk about. But you talk about capitalism and how, you know, the financial industry is kind of fucking us. In fact, that's really where I learned about you. So something about me that you might not know is I used to work in conservative policy. Wow. I don't think I knew that. I mean, I knew you, I know you have a business background, but Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Out of college, I worked for think tanks and in college too. Um, First, I worked for the government. Then I moved to nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. And um, I, okay, I wasn't conservative. I was really libertarian. That was my thing. Yeah. Um, But still, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I, in college, I worked for libertarian organizations. My first job out of co- college, I'm not going to say where it was, although you could figure it out, but I talk a lot of shit about this job. I worked for a very conservative think tank. And um, now I will say the people that I worked for and did research for really weren't very socially conservative. They were yes, more like fiscally, fiscally conservative yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and Sam... We let you come in the room, but you can't do this, okay? 
Um, oh, Samantha. <laughs> I think that was received. I think it was received. She knows that she's like really not supposed to be in here when I'm podcasting. So, <laughs> hey, enough. Oh, you're so cute. Um, yeah, no. So I really worked for a very conservative organization. And I would say that I've evolved a lot as a human being and like sure. grown and matured and become a lot more kind and compassionate. Mm-hmm. And in my defense, I will say a lot of it for me is I'm not white. And mm-hmm. I lived in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. Like I, a lot of my formative years were during a time when... Middle Eastern people who looked a lot like me had just attacked this country. Sure. And this country was quite conservative at the time. Mm-hmm. And Bush was president and he was really loved at the time. I and mean, post 9-11, Bush was really well liked for the most part by most people. And where I went to school, a lot of kids' parents like worked for the government. So mm-hmm. it was very conservative and it felt very anti-Middle Eastern. So I think this wasn't a conscious strategy or thought on my part at all. But looking back, I can see how subconsciously I was like, okay, I'm not white. I can't like make myself white. But one thing I can do is be conservative and really be kind of like anti-Middle Eastern and anti-Muslim because that will then signal allyship sure with people in this yep. country mm-hmm. and like get people to like me so I really I used to be like a fucking monster like I used to say really gross things like I used to really honestly say like low-key kind of racist things when I look back on it and mm-hmm. I would say I evolved a lot but it really wasn't until 2020 when all the BLM BLM stuff picked up again that I really had to take a hard look at myself and I was like wow like this isn't even who I am right this isn't even who like this isn't even authentic to me these aren't actually my beliefs they're Mm -hmm. beliefs that I put on as a show to try to pretend to be someone that I'm not sure just to try to fit in um but anyway long-winded way of saying yeah so I used to be a lot more conservative I would say I evolved a lot but then one thing to give myself credit that I've always been really good at is I always will try to listen to people who have different opinions than me. Sure. Because I just think it's educational, you know, like I, I I think it's helpful. So like I follow, like I'll follow like straight, like socialist, like Mm -hmm. Marxist Instagram accounts, like things like I just try to like absorb as much much. information Mm -hmm. as I can. And so I remember coming across you and you would talk a lot about celebrities and how they're using their fame to make themselves richer when they're already really fucking rich and at the expense of everyone else. And you talked a lot about a term that I learned about literally through you. I'd never heard before, but late stage capitalism. Sure. Um, which is like the reality of being, I think, alive right now is living in late stage capitalism. And I I started with celebrities. I started talking about celebrities because I felt like it, they were so present. And I want to mm-hmm. say a couple of things have changed for me since I started talking about celebrities and brands. But some things still remain the same. First of all, one of the things that I think the sag after strike showed us was how hard it is to make a living that is long-term sustainable in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I especially think of female actresses. Mm-hmm. You really cannot make the money that you used to make mm-hmm. and do like, you know, a film a year or maybe you do a film in a series that it's just, you know, now we have people who used to be series regulars who live paycheck to paycheck and they were at one point making much more money than that. So I do think there is something in the sense that clearly the industry is not paying what it used to. Mm-hmm. And in order to compensate people, a lot of people have to start skincare brands. They have to start, um, you know, everything from a candle company to, you know, Jessica Beale has um, a children's cough medicine line. And it just feels a little excessive to me. And I also think part of the problem is what is it taking away from other entrepreneurs? So Mm -hmm. on the one hand, I do see the issue in the industry that you don't make what you used to make. And at the same time, I also think, well, like what about somebody who comes up with a really cool concept for a candle company and they, you know, bring it to a couple places to get funding. They're probably not going to get funding if like, and I'm going to make a name up, if Courtney Cox is also trying to get funding for a candle company, like who's Mm -hmm. going to win? And I remember hearing, and I can't remember the statistic, but it was something like for every, I don't know, 10 books on the New York Times bestseller, something like three to four of them are either a Reese Witherspoon pick, an Oprah pick, or a Jenna Bush pick. And so when we think about writing, which is like not an incredibly, you know, even if someone has a New York Times bestseller, they're not going to make sense, like Mm -hmm. unless you have something else, right? So when we think about those things, does it feel fair that only three people are really getting to call a lot of the shots around, like, especially because those books are often women writers, um, people of color, members of the LGBTQIA community. And I'm like, I've pissed off all three of them. I'm never going to, my book's never going to get a pick. Um, So I think. Wait, how did you piss off Reese Witherspoon? Oh my God. She's one of the few, she's one of the first celebrities who blocked me. You're joking. No. And it was so funny because she blocked me on everything. And I only had made like two TikTok videos about her. And I think it was because I brought up her, well, I guess she didn't get it. Now he's the ex-husband. But you know, the the recent husband that she divorced, Mm -hmm. I brought up when they got the DUI and she got out of the car and she started fighting with the police officer and she was yelling at him and getting in his face and... To me, I thought, well, I think she knew that, she, and she did say, like, do you know who I am? Like, I'm Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it, it was, it felt very, like, white privilege. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, unfortunately, know, and we've seen this happen, that, like, they can't talk back to police. No. Not even close to no. that. And honestly, she was being incredibly disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And her husband was like, you need to stop. Like, he mm-hmm. was telling her to stop, and she wasn't. And it's also like, well, why is your husband like driving drunk? You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah. the other piece of it. So anyway, I brought that up and it was like block on all platforms. I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> okay. 
Wow. Um, but now, I mean, I've, I've called her out for, for, you know, she recently sold her, com- her clothing company to private equity. She recently sold her, uh, production company, Hello Sunshine to private equity. Oh, I didn't even That's, know that. Yeah. I don't know as much about that one, but I did do a lot of work on the, I did look into the, um, the, uh, clothing company a lot and all, all men at the top private equity company. So yeah, I, I do. I, yeah, I've pissed off enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. So you were saying before I may have cut you off cause no, that cut, tends cut to off, be my thing. Cut away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said, um, a few things have changed. A lot has stayed the same. Has one thing that's changed for you? Like, is it different now because you're, you're, famous like you you have a following like people know who you are is it harder now to call people out well Samantha didn't really seem to acknowledge me in a way that felt like (laughs) (laughs) listen Samantha's not she's like a homestead vibe she's earthy and crunchy she doesn't really follow I'm not a star fucker no she's she's also really not into screens (laughs) (laughs) um so Basically, I would say no, yes and no in the sense, I just, I think that here's what I'd say. I think my eyes were opened a little bit by the strikes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I want people, especially, and it's not, it's not just like people who, you know, like a Jessica Biel. No, I actually don't think Jessica Biel needs to have a children's cough syrup line. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have... And but do I think that she probably is dripping in residuals from Seventh Heaven, where she worked for like years of her life? No. Do I think that she should probably have more residuals from that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, it it is complex, and I do think though that most celebrity brands tend to really be like feeling really wasteful at this day and age, and especially mm-hmm. because quality is just like terrible these days are you feeling that like when you go out and you shop that like quality has just gone down in such a way in everything Mm -hmm. it's shocking like it's I mean think about how often we'll be like oh my god and the quality is actually really good (laughs) the reason we say that is because the quality tends to be shit for Mm -hmm. everything you know so yeah a hundred percent and in general we just like we have everything we have so much shit. So I always, you know, people sometimes ask me like, oh, when are like, and my people, I mean, my parents, yeah. um, they'll be <laughs> like, oh, you should make this, you should sell this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a version of that exists on the market. Like, unless I'm going to make something that truly doesn't exist and like has never been done, we don't need more stuff. Like we need fewer stuff. Right. That's like people love the Bayes bags and I was looking into getting one and then I did so much research I was like, I have a cow pack, which are very similar. They're kind of like, you know, of the same vein. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really don't need this. And do we really, people love them, but do mm-hmm. we really need another bag out there? Mm, but does Shay Mitchell probably make enough off Pretty Little Liars residuals? Probably mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, yeah, I do think you're right. And I do think what celebrities can do that can be a little bit, you know, less is they can do like a partnership with a brand. Yeah. You know, and say, I'm going to come in and I'm going to design the, the, you know, whatever. And if you really want to double click on that, you could say, well, why should they get to go into, and I'll just make this up, you know, why should they get to go into J Crew and design like um, a fall collection? 
when there's probably somebody who went to school and like, of course, that doesn't Mm -hmm. feel totally fair. Right. But at least it's not, oh, my God, I'm going to like literally build up a business so, for example, Jared Jared Leto, Jared Leto, I always mm-hmm. say it wrong. People get mad at me. I, I say names wrong all the time. People get pissed. Mm-hmm. But he started a skincare brand. It was probably like over a year ago now. And the whole thing was that it was like rooted in sustainability and, you know, oh, it's going to, it's all natural and it's yeah. sourced and, and, and it pays homage to 29 Palms out near Joshua Tree. And like less than a, and it had a, had a huge party. Huge star-studded party to kick it off. And yes, less than a year later, it's gone. It's defunct. Yeah. What a fucking waste. Yeah. Side note, does Jared Leto have like abuse allegations against him? If not yet, <laughs> I do know. Like there like, are there rumblings out there, I thought there right? was allegedly a cult. Um, maybe, a, maybe some like cult-like type stuff. I could be confusing this. I think I've heard he's, I mean, he doesn't seem like a great dude. He allegedly 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 i mean in my opinion yeah. not allegedly in my personal opinion mm-hmm. looks like someone who could be a cult leader and i don't actually mean that as an insult because i aspire to be a cult leader sometimes <laughs> so i'm taking notes actually <laughs> no i'm just well, kidding no th- but like you know i think his thing is like he's always really wanted to be a musician too like oh. you know that's really his thing that's has 30, he tried? 30 seconds to mars is like i mean they're they were they're pretty big. Okay. Um, but it's like, then why did you need to have a skincare line? And I remember reading the articles about it and it was like, oh, are you even into skincare? And he's like, no, that's why like, it makes sense for me to have one. You're like, does it though? Does it? Like, no. you know? Um, and I think you have to, but I think that's part of it now is that everything with consumerism is about storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Like the, like people love a story. So Lady Gaga comes out with um, House Lab, House Labs Foundation and, and the whole back story is well you know I do my makeup like every single night I'm on stage I wanted a better makeup no you didn't in yeah. my opinion yeah no you didn't you want to expand your brand and that's fantastic I guess uh and so you you did this and then you created a, a backstory to it it's, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a backstory a hundred percent yeah Okay, I want to switch gears to yeah, let's switch gears. Bethany. Oh, talk the queen. <laughs> yes, of 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 trademarking her name. So, Bethany, um, don't sue me, please. <laughs> <laughs> Although I we, am a lawyer, so just said alleged enough for uh, yeah this uh, to be fine. We'll just put a whole <laughs> alleged in my opinion parody joke. Yeah. So. I watched Real Housewives of New York and I, like many, was instantly taken by her. I thought she was witty. I thought she was funny. And I was also kind of like early into an eating disorder at the time. Mm -hmm. And she was very skinny. So I fucking loved her. I wrote for her. I bought all her books. I read all all her books too. Honestly, that first one, like not bad like there are things in it that I think are awful but there are things in it that I think are great also she's kind of like her whole thing with like eat like eat the things that really matter to you and don't eat the things that don't really matter I mean that's like pretty decent advice there's actually a good episode of um uh maintenance phase about Bethany partially about Bethany's thing and like Mm -hmm. they're like well some of it kind of makes sense but you know, I think it's this idea of like unleash your inner skinny girl. And it's like, 
mm, is that really great for us? And then also like, I remember one of the rules was like, eat, uh, taste everything, eat nothing. That was literally one of the rules. Okay. So this was like early stage of my eating disorder. I bought the book, became obsessed, and I was sharing an apartment with a girl who also had an eating disorder. Oh, isn't that's always like the, like, as somebody who's had my own eating issues, like, it's like the two of you just feed off of each other. Like, we, and like, we also weren't, it was so early that it was before I was really hiding things. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, whatever, I didn't give a shit. So literally, we wrote out all of the rules and had them taped up around the kitchen and then printed out. We did this at our jobs, by the way. We printed out photos of skinny girls and put them up around the kitchen. (laughs) This is the worst. Half of them were my boyfriend at the time's (laughs) ex-girlfriend. So the next time he came over. Why do you have photos of her all over your cabinets? Along with, like, kind of shitty diet advice from a woman on The Real Housewives of New York. Oh, my God. Literally, he's like, is that Michelle? And I was like, yeah. He's like, why are there photos of her around the apartment? Inspo, baby. Literally, we were, like, thin spo. And he's like, you need therapy. Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen someone (laughs) do. It's like, you don't understand the pressures on women to be thin. Well, it's not. It's That's, that's so true, though. True. That's it is true. true. Oh, my God. I remember, like, when I was not in a great place doing similar things. Like, I would wake up in the morning and I'd go and look at people on. It was so long ago. It was, like, Facebook. And yeah. so, like, I'd wake up at, like, 5 a.m. and not want to go to the gym. So I'd look at people just to, like, make myself be, yeah. like, to get out of bed. Like, as, like, in sp- same thing. Like, thin. Sp- I mean, it was terrible. It's, it's it terrible. Was horrible. But that's kind of how mine really manifested around um, working out. And so, yeah, I don't think as someone who has struggled with my weight and my body, I don't think that perhaps like that Bethany's books were fantastic for women. Mm -mm. At the same time, I think there's a lot of bad diet books out there. A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so I always loved her. And listen, there were always rumblings about Bethany being a monster. Always like it was uh, from the get go, there would be makeup artists, hair people, et cetera, Mm -hmm. being like she is truly one of the worst people I've ever met. And but then there would be other people who were like, actually, she's quite lovely. And listen, as someone who can be like a massive cunt half the time, like I get it. Like I'm not like I would hate for, you know, like I'd hate for customer service employees to talk about their experiences with me you know because <laughs> they're not good like and it's not because I want to be an asshole or because I'm like truly a horrible person it's because when we interact things have gone so well, yeah, wrong it's usually in my life yes, yes. Of course. <laughs> and usually I've been made to put like be on hold for 45 minutes totally. and like do a weird song and dance before we even get to be on the phone together so like yeah yeah, maybe I threatened to murder your entire family, but <laughs> okay. We want you going to jail for like attempted murder. Like Beth, a lost a season desist from Bethany Frank will be the least of your problems when Blue Cross Blue Shield finds out that you're calling again. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. I can't tell you like how many times I've been on the phone with customer service and I'm like so upset, and I go, and I just want you to know that I know it's not your fault. Yeah, that's, like, no, that's, that's like my go-to. that's the thing is it's like it's yeah it can, be, but you know, and I think two things can be true, right? Like 
because I think we hear this a lot about women who have been who've become successful like we'll hear like oh they're really difficult or whatever and um and I think that that society is harsher on women over men Mm -hmm. um and I was having a conversation recently with someone about what Bill Clinton is like versus Hillary Clinton and the funny Mm -hmm. thing was is this person who had a connection to them was saying how Hillary was really considered the much more affable, approachable, friendly one, um, the one you'd want to chat with. And so anyway, it's just kind of interesting um, sometimes. uh, But, you know, I think if you were to ask someone, well, which one of these two would you rather have a cup of coffee with? Or, you know, do you think is probably nice to be around? They'd almost, I think even myself would say Bill, right? Yeah. Um, But I just, I do think society is easier on men so a hundred percent yeah and and I'm right there with you with Bethany I was a Bethany stan I thought she was real I thought she was very funny um I thought she was quick-witted but as time went on I did sort of especially when she came back to Housewives yes she like definitely seemed to had to have changed a hundred percent yes by the way real quick I have one word done Sam (laughs) can't do that you want to come do you want to leave you either leave and you can't come back come here. or you i'll pet you come and stay yeah for the rest of the there episode you go, Samantha. and for the record this is why we don't let you in okay oh, i'm so <laughs> glad you did though i love her so much. Oh, i know she's she's literally the best um okay when we're done recording i'm going to tell you there's another celebrity couple who People think the woman's a bitch and people think the guy is like the best. And I've met them and I also know people who know them very intimately. And in person, it's kind of the op. Not like that there's anything yeah. wrong with a guy, but yeah. like it's just so not like that. I'm not going to drop the names though. Um, oh my God, I'm going to wonder if it's the same person that I'm thinking of because I recently heard something about someone. Um, so we'll, we'll, Ooh, we'll talk okay. offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll talk <laughs> offline. Um, but yeah, so with Bethany, now I just kind of like let everything go. There was, I remember the first time I really believed something I had heard was via Taylor Strecker, who's a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to be on radio and stuff oh, sure, um, yeah. and she said that when she had she used to work on Sirius and when Bethany came to Sirius she said she was such a monster and like Taylor was a huge Bethany fan yeah and what set it off like what happened was Taylor was like oh and like you've had a boob job and I really want a boob job and she had kind of been open about having her breasts done on Housewives and then she suddenly started acting like she never did which is so weird to me because it's like also kind of obvious you know um but like she says she only had a lift or whatever and like Taylor was like no no no, that's exactly what I meant like I also wanted a lift like I don't like it's it's surgery you know like who cares how you if you if you don't want to share that part then you could say, oh, you know, yeah, or, oh, that's something like I did, but I don't really talk about it. Like there's such a way yeah. that you can handle it with grace. Exactly. Um, but I think she is kind of a live wire uh, these days. Yeah. No, she, and then she like, so she fully snapped on her or whatever. And that's when I was starting to be like, hmm, I believe that. I believe Taylor. So mm-hmm. maybe Bethany isn't who she makes herself out to be. And then she got on TikTok and it's difficult to watch. (laughs) It's really, it's, it's, you know, and then I came across your content (laughs) and there are two, well, 
Okay, there are two. One thing I will never get out of my head, and then one was a big enough incident that, like, of course I will never get out of my head. The first one, and I think about this literally every time I see her content, you pointed out that Bethany is Trump. (laughs) She is. And, like, if you're listening, you're watching, and you don't see it, go pick any of her fucking videos and you will like she's like I was the first housewife to do this and I did it the best and like blah blah blah. like the way that she talks is literally the way that Trump speaks yeah and you know I don't know if you saw this but I found an article by a linguistics professor who has been at she was at Fordham I believe now she does maybe some work at at one of the at the CUNY and she's fantastic and she wrote an article called live from New York the real housewives sound like Donald Trump and most of the example is Bethany Mm -hmm. the speech patterns too are eerily similar I mean it's the constant pumping up of themselves mm-hmm. oh I was so good oh I look at all I've done oh and if you have to keep telling people that what does that say because no one's saying that you didn't no one's yeah. saying that you like you know didn't do a good job on housewives or that you haven't had some successful businesses confidence is often quiet and insecurities are loud I think we've seen that with Trump mm-hmm. and I think we see that with Bethany too mm-hmm. and I think that I think probably Trump and Bethany are people who are like have a very wounded inner child. A hundred percent. Yeah. We know Trump's dad was an asshole. Yeah. And we know Bethany Mm -hmm. had her own family issues. Like it's very real. And I I really do have a lot of compassion for that. That doesn't change the fact that they're kind of monsters. But then let's talk about what happened to you. Yeah. um, Bethany had blocked me. I guess I like started to kind of talk badly about her, about her content. And then she had blocked me. And I have been told that it's really her team who really is behind a lot of her social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and she blocked me. And I remember like, you know, I kept making negative videos about her or whatever. And I remember like this woman messaging me and she's like, I just want to let you know that even though she has you blocked, I have been DMing Bethany and letting her know that you're talking about her on here. And she's very grateful for it. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, that's probably like her assistant. Yeah. Second of all, like she doesn't give a shit. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, she had blocked me and you know for me some of the things that I was talking about were the fact that she came on and she's like I'm an accidental makeup influencer but if you go back she has like two old YouTube channels I don't know if they're still up but I have receipts if anyone needs them and I have videos up about them she had two old YouTube channels from like 2012 where she used to do makeup and talk about products and things like that which is totally fine But she has one video where she's doing her makeup and she's saying, this is like 2012. It was when she had the talk show. Mm. And she says, yeah, sometimes I really prefer how I do my makeup way more than a makeup artist. I'm so what I'm so, you know, I'm pretty good at it because I've been doing it for so long, whatever. And then when she came on TikTok, it was like she basically was like, I know nothing about makeup. I'm new to all of this. Not basically. She literally said that. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, whoa, wait, like I said, everything has to have a story, right? Mm -hmm. So she couldn't just come on and be like, I'm going to try products. It had to be, I'm learning it with you. So I think it was very Mm -hmm. pre-planned. And then, uh, you know, she did end up sending me a cease and desist that was so 
unhinged. I mean, really and truly, it said that I wasn't allowed to talk about her. It said I wasn't allowed to show a photo of her, which is so interesting because now I understand so much more. Like the like if People Magazine has a photo of her and I screenshot and show that, I'm not showing Bethany's photo. I'm showing People People's, Magazine's yeah. photo. Yeah. Um, and basically it was like, you're making money off of her name and that's not allowed. And I was like, am I though? But also like, you know, the content then is the property of TikTok, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if it really was a copyright thing, TikTok could take it down and they would have the issue with it. Right? Yeah. And then the thing that, you know, that the cease and desist said that was if you tell anyone that this has been sent to you, um, you'll be breaking your confidentiality with Bethany Frankel and she will have the right to further, like, you know, take you to further legal pursuits or whatever. And that was like the big red flag when I got it. Mm. Cause I was like, I don't have confidentiality with her. What scenario do you and I have confidentiality? And that was when I realized like, wow, this is like a real, this is a bullying tactic. Yeah. So that was, that was very upsetting. Um, I won't lie. And especially because I hadn't done anything wrong. No. Um, and it was just for a little bit of background for people listening or watching what really set it off was that you pointed out that, like you said, that her her whole like, oh, off the cuff, whatever thing isn't that. And specifically, I think what it really was about was that she had started dropping this whole like, this is a scam. That's a scam. And you were like, she's making it seem like it's so like natural and authentic, but she literally trademarked this phrase like six months ago. She's planning on launching businesses, you guys. Like, don't be duped by her. That's all that it was. And you pulled up the trademark filing, yes. so which is public record. Yes. And I just want to point out, you are not an attorney and you pulled it up. So it's not even like that hard to find. I mean, right. you're obviously smart, but like... You know, no, like it's no, it's, yeah. it's open to the public. It's not mm-hmm. like you had to use special credentials to go get it. Like it's open it's to not the public. Infirm- it's yeah. The, the whole point is that the public can find it. I think, yeah. it's, you know, there are some things that I think are really great about this country. And that is one of those things that mm-hmm. those things are, you know, totally open and we should be able to talk about them. And I think it's scary when people wield their power the way that Bethany does. I'm not the only one that she sent one to. Yeah. Um, and I had a feeling one was coming my way because I had been told that. Um, and even though people will say that you'll, this is the things that people will say, and you can probably speak to this, is they'll say, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, I did end up taking that video down. I didn't take anything else down. Um, and that was per the advice of the lawyer that I worked with um, because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to pursue that. And people were like, but you would have been proven right in court. I was like, I'm not doing that. And you probably understand why I wouldn't want to do that. Because the amount of time and money that it could take me to get there, even if she ended up having to pay my legal fees, just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. And also, that's actually not something that's common in this country. By the way, I don't think people realize that. But if you're wrongfully sued, you almost never get the other party to pay your legal fees it, like it really is kind of hard and we like st- states are really trying to pass laws mm-hmm. to make that a little bit more equitable but basically the 
foundation that we have. And we do have a pretty strong court system in this country, I would say, in many regards, especially relative to other countries where there isn't as strong of rule of law. But one thing that we really do have is our court system is identifying the haves and the have-nots. And rich people can sue whoever they want, pretty much, or threaten to sue, even if the court case, like even if the case really kind of has no merit, they can still threaten to sue, scare the shit out of someone else, because lawyers cost like, I mean, 150 plus per hour. But you, if you're gonna go against Bethany, she has lawyers that are like two thousand dollars an hour, right. really fucking good lawyers. So. To really even be able to stand a chance in that type of lawsuit, you're going to be paying minimum a thousand an hour. That's an insane amount of money. Like, I and lawyers charge for everything, right? <laughs> it's not like they're going to be like, oh yeah, I'll take your case on pro bono because, like, you know, it's I know you're going to get the fees back there. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And people were like, bring it to the ACLU. I'm like. No, I'm not wasting the ACLU's time. Yeah, they're Bethany doing Frankel. other things. Like they're doing like they're like advocating for like trans kids rights and stuff. Yeah. Like, like that's <laughs> like stay stay although I am a proponent of free speech, I don't believe in in I think that's legal bullying and mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay. But I didn't want to go down that route. So I took it down. I took the video down and I never heard from her again. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, some people love her. They think she's real. They think she's authentic. That's their choice. I'll say information I've been given to me, my own experiences. I I would say a lot of this is an act. At mm-hmm. the same time, I have empathy for the fact that she, you know, went through a difficult childhood because she throws that a lot in people's mm-hmm. faces when, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, I, don't, I really at this point have not met anybody who didn't have a difficult childhood. No, I know. And one thing I say a lot is it's not your fault. Like you're if you're kind of like an asshole, like it's probably not your fault. It actually probably is because of shit that happened in your childhood. But it is your responsibility. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. And I actually think that she is deeply hurt by her divorce, that she went through. Which seems very traumatizing, by the way, the shit that she went through and the amount that she fought. Right. Like, and I don't I, think that yeah. guy is a good guy. I really no. don't. I yeah. don't think he's a good guy. Um, and somebody the other day wrote in and said, you know, I don't think she has any friends or something. They said that to me. And I said, I really hope she has friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she does have friends. And I said, I really hope she has friends. Like, I don't, I don't sit around wishing anything bad to happen to her. But I will say, like, as I have continued to watch her since, because what happened between her and I happened over a year and a half ago. She hasn't like made an astounding comeback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the reality reckoning thing came out recently mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, okay, like it wasn't that no, impressive. People are not. And like people did not love when she had Rachel on her pod. It was terrible. I mean, like, honestly, it was, it was, Rachel was the best part of it. Like yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't do her research. She doesn't watch the things. And so I don't know. I think, I think she is hurting. I really do. Yeah. I do too. And she seems it. I mean, did you did you see the TikTok she made when she got a million followers? Oh my God. And she had the balloons. And, and she's like, like, oh, this is so silly. But they made like it was like It was so cringe. It was so like it was so bad. I feel I actually feel really bad. For, for what her. it's worth, that was before she sent me the season desist. Um <laughs> but 
she doesn't seem to be as like into that whole thing anymore. Like she's more just like, let me, you know, she takes whatever's like of the mount moment, whether it mm-hmm. be Taylor Swift or Meghan Markle, or she put out this disgusting take around Danny Masterson and Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. And, um, she kept it up for like an hour and then it like, people what did were she like, say? Basically she was kind of like, cause you know, people were saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's not cool that, you know, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, mm-hmm. who I think we will see them by Christmas. We have not heard from them mm-hmm. since the um, whole thing when they defended Danny Masterson and their letter came out. So basically she put out a video that was like, you know, you really can't blame them because they knew him for X amount of years and she was really, they were good friends on set and blah, 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 blah. And she put that out and it did not land well. People mm-hmm. were like, no, it doesn't fucking matter. And so she then like del- scrubbed the internet of that one and put up a new one that was like, I don't even know. It was just like incoherent rambling for the most part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she does a lot of quick takes. And like, I think, you know, I think she also needs to do some work on some of, um, so she needs to do some unlearning around some of that stuff too. Like, so yeah. I mean, don't we all? Uh, ain't that the <laughs> truth, right? Don't we all? That's so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I needed to do so much unlearning, so much learning and unlearning, you know? Can we go back for a second? Because you said you worked at a think tank. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I had this conversation with someone the other day about what is a think tank versus like what is a nonprofit? <laughs> yeah, is know. there a way you can explain it in like... I don't know. Um, I've always thought of it as a think tank is a type of nonprofit organization that like doesn't really do anything. <laughs> well, it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot of research, right? And then it's like yeah. a it's, lot it's, of legislate, like trying to influence legislation. Uh, not in a direct way yeah. because that would then not be a 501c3. Right. So like it can't like veer into lobbying at all. Sure. It's more, it's kind of academic, Like a good think tank. And there are two that um, are kind of, although the one that I worked at, which again, I'm not going to name, is probably losing its credibility as being a truly academic organization. But the other one would be Brookings. Brookings is like a very, Mm -hmm. like, it's a think tank. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's a policy oriented nonprofit organization, but they put out white papers, they put out things that are respected and it's well researched and stuff. And I worked at the other one that's kind of on par with, um, Brookings, but I think where they started really fucking up is their foreign policy department Mm -hmm. is very, not Brookings, the place where I worked, um, is very hawkish and is sometimes credited with actually starting the Iraq war and like really not very academic at all. Wow. That's yeah. wild. But yeah, that's so I don't know. That's kind of how I think of it. Like they and I remember at some point when I was in that world, I was dating actually the guy with the model with the girl, girlfriend with yeah. on, the, on the cabinets with yeah. Bethany Frankel. She could send you a season to assist for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember to him, I was like, why are we, because he was in this world too. I was yeah. like, why are we doing this? Like, who is it for? Because I just feel like all of the events that we put on, all of the papers that we write, like, it's just to the people who already agree with us. 
So, like, what's the point, kind of? Like, what are right. we doing, actually? Like, people are donating all this money to keep this organization afloat so that we can host events talking about how, um, you know, d- d- our tax policy is fucked and everyone in the audi- audience already agrees with us. So, like, <laughs> right, right. Who are, like, who are we bringing to the table here, yeah, right? like, what are we actually that's accomplishing? So, so that's what I think a think tank is. <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> that's such an interesting way of thinking about it. You're right. You're kind of preaching to the choir. Yeah. It's funny because I worked in nonprofit fundraising for a long time mm-hmm. and um, I was just uh, reading this book about private equity and, you know, reading about some of the big donors in the nonprofit world being Leon Black and Michael Milken, who, you know, are essentially in my eyes criminals i mean Mm -hmm. michael milken went to prison um but like you know jeffrey epstein was a huge Mm -hmm. philanthropic donor and so you know i do think that sometimes there is this belief that if someone is philanthropic it absolves them of of things Mm -hmm. and i don't bethany bethany (laughs) case in point is, is bethany i think um to bring it full circle and you know it is kind of fascinating when you're in that world to see what people are really like mm-hmm. behind closed doors. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they might be charitable and that's wonderful. But then if they're a nightmare or the charitable donations are to prop up their own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which it usually is. Yeah, it usually is. I will give you one counter example and you're not going to believe it. The Koch brothers. For what? They heavily fund, I mean, they heavily fund like every libertarian organization out there. And sometimes the work that these organizations put out are things that would help them business wise, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're really not. And you know, I will say, and they've, ne- they, because ne- I've worked for organizations that yeah. they've heavily funded, they never get involved. They, like, they just truly are believers in a limited government. And even when it hurts their businesses, they're okay with it. That's been my experience with it. Maybe that's not the case, but that's been my experience with it. Wow. There are other things they've done that I'm not a fan of, but that's one where I'll give them credit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when we look at somebody like a Trump, he has a really bad track record of, of around philanthropic work, right? Like there was this Trump foundation and I'm sure for years he hid behind that and said, mm-hmm. Oh my God, you know, look at this. I have the Trump foundation. And then once you double clicked on it, it was like, mm, you sure about that? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I do caution people a lot when, when you're talking about nonprofits to, to really like think about, you know, what could, the intent could be behind there. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, kind of a left turn, but somewhat related. No, bring it on. What do you think of the Kardashian church? You know, it's so interesting you say that because people ask me the, about that all the time. And there really is not much that you can find. And I think that is a very strategic. And that's the, the interesting thing about religious organizations is they are exempt from some of the same IRS regulations that a nonprofit is that is not religiously affiliated. So like, you know, if you want to be a nonprofit, you have to hand in your tax returns every year. Um, and if you don't, then you can lose your standing and lose your accreditation. Churches are exempt from that. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that, especially when they're taking monetary donations. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a church and you say you're a church and you're not taking monetary donations, 
uh, I guess. But if you are taking monetary donations, I do think that you, because you are tax exempt, you should have to show show taxpayers what you're doing with that money. Mm-hmm. Like that feels fair to me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because that means you're getting a break and, and our tax dollars are helping to supplement you, I guess. Um, and if you're doing great work, that's amazing. But like you might as well, you should be able to tell us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the Kardashian church, you know, I've looked it up. It's somewhere in the valley and I don't even think they go. So there is a physical building. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's better than I thought. I okay. I thought it was just. There's a physical building. It's in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't appear to be very big. Mm-hmm. And I know it has Pastor Brad, who is like a 2011 Kardashian extra. Like they don't even let him on anymore. <laughs> but he runs it. And I know that Chris kind of like plucked him. I believe she found him at Starbucks. And like, was like, I want you to head, head this church. And I think that it is where they send a lot of their financial donations. And then I also think they supplement by making some donations to some other organizations, but I'm, I'm certain the money goes into the church and then it stays with the Kardashian Jenners. Do I think though, that the church is like this huge money for lack of a better term, allegedly money laundering situation. I actually don't okay. like to be honest with you, the church does not fascinate me that much mm-hmm. because no one else is donating to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Great point. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe you have some members and things yeah. like that, but like, I can tell you right now in LA, the big churches is, are like Hillsong and Zoe church. And like, you know, obviously like, the Roman Catholic church and yeah. like, you know, synagogues, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. Right. So I don't meet people and they tell me like, Oh yeah, I go to the Kardashian church. And if you look at how big it is, you're like, physically, it's not that big. Mm. So if it's just like Kardashian money that's staying in there, I guess I'm kind of like, who gives a shit in a weird way? Like it right. doesn't like some people are obsessed with it and they're yeah. always trying to crack the case on it. But how do you feel about it? I don't know a lot. I yeah. kind of heard of it painted as this like money laundering scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I never looked further into it. And I was always kind of curious, but nothing ever really happens or comes out with it. So I am of the feeling if there was something that was that interesting and that scandalous in the Kardashian church, we would already know about it. Yeah, I think you're right. Because somebody would have be, you know, so pissed or Mm -hmm. somebody would have, you know, and, and everything else has come out about them. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, Kanye would have, like, Kanye would have tweeted about it. Honestly, I do think that, right? Yeah. Um, Do I think it's a way for them to kind of like take money and then say, oh, I made a donation and then get right off? Sure. But if they weren't doing it that way, they would just find another way. Right. Right. That's one thing. That's actually one thing I will say, again, in defense of a lot of my beliefs, like I would advocate for tax reform. And a lot of what I would say is rich people are gonna not pay taxes no matter what. <laughs> like, yes. Like they, they will find their way around it. The people who are actually fucked by your tax policies are the people who have lower to mid income who can't afford to get like a fancy um, attorney and a fancy accountant to finagle things for them. Totally. And like when we talk about the people who avoid it, 
we're not talking about the working rich either. It's not like doctors and lawyers and, and, you know, those kind of like who might, you know, do really well and make in the like, you know, mid six figures, they're still being really heavily taxed. Yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's, I agree with you. Like they will find a loophole. So the Kardashians would find a way Mm -hmm. they would. Mm-hmm. They they always find a way. And that's why I think they're getting into things like private equity, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Travis and Kelsey? Uh, I was going to say Travis and Kelsey. <laughs> Travis, Kelsey. <laughs> Travis and Taylor. Uh, Travis. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about Travis and Courtney. So now let me switch gears. No, you want to talk about them? No, though? we don't have to. I don't think they're that interesting. Do you want to talk about um, the drumming while she was giving birth? <laughs> Could you even? I have to admit, I think that Travis Barker is a little strange. Yeah. She's a little weird, too. She's a little weird, yeah. too. Um, I watched, like, a video where he talks about Barker wellness, and I feel like he looks like he is half asleep. And that's another example. Like, why does Travis Barker have Barker wellness? Like, I don't look at that man, and I'm like, you are the pinnacle of mm-hmm. wealth. Like, there's nothing about him that I mean, I think he like works out a lot. But isn't he um sober? Yeah, but so am I. And like literally I yeah, ate like six bagels enough. already. So like <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's everybody in California is sober too. Like yeah. that's the other thing. I well, forgot California that. sober. Right. Well that's true. <laughs> yeah. Coming out here, like I forgot like just how big sober culture is back there. Like everything yeah. is, is sober culture and then but then it's also weed culture, right? Yeah. So any but with Travis and Taylor um, she has a birthday today, actually. Happy birthday, Taylor. Oh She's a Sagittarius, which tracks chaotic, uh, just like me. You know, I think it's great. And I think that she's really happy. And I've heard people say that she will be, that she wants to be engaged by her birthday, which is today, which I do not think is happening today. No. I don't think that. But it's also a little. A little I, much. I think it's yeah. too soon, yeah. right? Yeah. But I've heard a lot of people say that they think that this is it. Like they're going to get married. I don't disagree. But don't you feel like part of it is like the timing? How so? Like how old they are. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I actually think that's such a real. Do you remember that episode of Sex in the City um, where they're talking about like the taxi lights? And it's like if the cab light is on, it's on. No, I'm not no. telling it well. It was it was something about how if a guy is ready, once he's ready, like the next girl he yes. meets, he's going to settle yes. down with. Yeah. And, and I do think kind of doesn't matter yeah. who she is. Yes. I think they get to a point a lot of times. This is, you know, generalizing. And I do think this is especially true of of straight men. Mm-hmm. They get to a point. And I think that Travis is just around that point. Like, it's not always like this, but it's it's not 25 for the most part, mm-hmm. especially if you're someone like him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not 25 usually. Uh, and so now he's like 33-ish. Mm-hmm. And how many more years can he have playing? Because he's like 33 is kind of getting old in football. Probably mm-hmm. what, like three or four more years. Mm-hmm. So he probably wants to be settled down. And you want to be with someone who gets how crazy this life is. Yeah. And I think that's why Patrick Mahomes is with, no, I think not that I don't think he loves her and stuff like that, but I think Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes work because she met him before all of this. Yeah. So she gets it. Like they've come up together and Taylor is on such a level 
that like whatever's going on with Travis is like nothing to her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I do think this is it, but I'm like, she's not going to be engaged by her birthday, AKA today. Yeah. I, at least I hope not. Cause I, I would like them, you know, I, I'd, I, I think everyone should maybe date for a year before. I, I think, think you a, should see all four yes. seasons together. Yes. I th- it, once, if you're like 21, I think you should date for like three years minimum. Minimum. Yeah. If you are like 30 plus mm-hmm. about, a, I think anything around a, a year, year and a half, and then you say, hey, I think I want to get married or whatever. I do think that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I got married at 33. I think that was like, for me, that felt like the perfect age. And mm-hmm. I've talked to other people who've been like, yeah, 33 like felt right for me too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the Jesus year. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's a 33 is a weird I had number. a great year at 33 now that I think back Did you on really? It. Yeah. Yeah. Romantically? Wow, that Jesus year. Well, everything. I guess I was already with my current partner. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a good year. I feel like things things started to go in the right direction. But yeah, like we started dating when I was 32. I think things start to, I think as you get into your early 30s, you feel a shift. Did mm-hmm. you feel a shift? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's a like, and so when I talk to people who are like, oh my God, I'm so scared of turning 30. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's It's actually better over here. It's It's so so much better. better. Everyone else stops like fucking around as much. It really is. I think Mm -hmm. like I have less friends than I did when I was like in my twenties and stuff, but I have better quality friends. No offense to the people who don't talk to me anymore from my twenties, but like, let's be honest. It's a win for both of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, literally. I mean, half my friends from my twenties are now dead, which is super dark. But um, but, oh my god, no, I know it's like not funny. We shouldn't laugh. Um, no, I like in my early twenties had like really wild friends, and then so many of them died, and I was like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? But then I had a lot of um in my later twenties when I was in law school and stuff. I had a lot of like not great friendships. Mm-hmm just like really toxic, problematic um, in various ways. And also friendships where I didn't feel comfortable and seen and liked and wanted. Um, And now I have uh, my friends, like the few that I'm really close to are uh, like the best. The quality goes up. Yeah. The quantity might go down, but the quality goes up. And I think that's probably Taylor and Travis are probably also navigating that time and that's making them realize how much they like each other. Mm-hmm. Also too, like when you're rich like that, like you want to be in Kansas city tonight, you can be in Kansas city tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing that's like harder for regular people. Right. Like, I mean, if you're in LA, it's a, it's a little harder. Like if you are living in the West side and you're dating someone on the East side, like it's never going to work. No. But yeah. <laughs> and New York is easier. That's the thing like if you're if you live in the upper west side but you're dating someone in brooklyn like you can you can't take a train i mean it's not as convenient but it's it's really not a thing yeah Yeah. it's yeah i've i'm yet to meet any two people whose relationship didn't work out because they lived in a different borough like it's not that happens in la though like the neighborhood stuff is such a thing but if you're rich like for taylor and travis it doesn't really matter um so i'm excited about it and it sounds like you are too yeah, I, I listen at first I was not into it. I thought he seemed really thirsty. I thought it felt like he was kind of clout chasing. Um, but I don't know. It's so fun. Well, it was hard for us to know, too. Now it's coming out that they've been dating since July. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it first came out and she like first went to the game, I don't know about you, but I thought 
oh my god she's like never even hung out with him Mm -hmm. and she just like went to his football game like that's so weird and she's like in there with the booth and like they've never and he's like walking and like I thought that was weird now I know oh my god that probably hung out like dozens of times and it makes so much more sense and it's that that's great but now that I know that I think it definitely kind of like made me feel like oh okay this is like a, a real thing yeah yeah no they're cute and it's it's fun for America we are loving it I will say I think the NFL was not having a great year and I think this has helped them yeah I said to my husband I said I mean last year if you'd asked me what I remembered about the NFL it was that we almost saw DeMar Hamlin die on the field yeah remember that fuck right and then the next thing I remember is like everyone was so mad that a pregnant Rihanna danced and I was like I will say this year if someone said what is the NFL about I would say it's about Travis and Taylor it's about like biggest superstar in the country but it has made people I think this is my theory I think the NFL wants us to forget about brain injuries Mm -hmm. and they want us to forget about DeMar Hamlin because Mm -hmm. they did try to go out and play that game again they tried to make them go out and play again that night you know when he collapses on the field and like to me that was a little bit of a showing of like how much the NFL cares about black bodies versus white bodies um and now I'm like, but now it's okay. Cause we're talking about, but yeah. not that it isn't interesting. And I don't think that like Taylor and Travis are like, oh, let's do this. So it ha-, like, I just think that the NFL is loving it because it's incredible oh. PR and it's a lot better than the, than the other stuff. I do think it needs to be talked about more. Like we do need to talk more about the head injuries. Like yeah. it's not good. I don't think, I don't think NFL is going to keep going for that much longer. Really? I, I, I think within the decade, we could see the sport. And I just don't see mm-hmm. how it's sustainable. And especially as more and more players are going to keep getting diagnosed and stuff, yes. they're going to have a really hard time dancing around this. Now, as someone who's not from, you, you know, you're not from the United States, how do other countries view American football? If oh, they think it's barbaric. Really? Like when I first moved to this country mm-hmm. and I mean, like I was 11 when I moved here um, from Germany, not from Iran. Yeah. But um, but I like at the time there was a lot less globalization mm-hmm. and less. Um, so like we weren't seeing American TV and stuff mm-hmm. in Germany. So like I hadn't really seen it until I moved here. And the way I was like, what the fuck is happening but now kind of when I talk to people in Iran and um in Europe and stuff yeah like people think it's crazy like they think other than I will say my boyfriend's Australian they have rugby which is similar so like for people overseas who have a similar sport they kind of get it more um Although, like, rugby isn't nearly as dangerous no, as American football is. No, I wouldn't say that it is either. It's, I mean, because you're not, in rugby, you're not really using your head as <laughs> like no. a hammering rod. And I remember when we were at a rugby game, I was like, why aren't they re- wearing helmets? And he's like, no, it's by design because they don't want them to use their heads <laughs> as a weapon. <laughs> the United States were like, here, just throw this on. Yeah. Well, and also, like, even though soccer is an incredibly physical sport, like it's not, and that's probably the biggest sport in Germany. I would mm-hmm. imagine it's not the contact, the kind of contact yeah. sport. Um, so yeah, and you know, American football does not exist in these other countries. These other countries like do have like basketball and you know, and in, mm-hmm. in the American 
you know, American players go and play over there. It's not global the way that some of our other sports are, mm-hmm. or even baseball. I think baseball is a much more global sport than, yeah. than football. So, yeah, I, I do think this has helped that, at mm-hmm. least for a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can get them married, then next year would be a thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, then I think it'll fizzle. Okay, we are nearing the time when the camera is going to black yes. out. No, so good. I'm going to ask you like a couple of rapid fire questions. Oh my God, let's go. Thank you. Um, Who's your favorite celebrity couple right now? Oh God, it's so cliche, but I will say it's probably Taylor and Travis or Ina and uh, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh my God. Why don't we talk about Ina more? Like you know, I she's met a Ina. national treasure. Oh my god, what's she like? She's not as nice as you think. She's nicer. <gasps> oh, oh, so goddamn nice. I did an event with her once. You know, this was probably almost ten years ago. Um, she was a delight. Okay, she is polite, respectful, friendly, nice, easy to work with. Obsessed, okay. obsessed. I love that. Yeah. Okay, what are you obsessing over right now? It can be TV, movie, product, whatever. Oh, my God. What am I obsessing over? Um, Private equity, because I'm Mm -hmm. always obsessing over it. And I would also say, um, because I'm back on the East Coast, Dunkin' Donuts, which is owned by private equity. But I love Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) We don't really have it in L.A. (laughs) Oh, you don't? No. Yeah, I can't see Dunkin' Donuts doing that well there. But the coffee's supposed to be good, right? I love it. Well, I'm from Boston, and like Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts is the thing. So oh, I'm in my Dunkin' right, Donuts right. era while I'm here, which is amazing in nice. New York. Yeah. Good for you. I don't think the donuts are that good. No, I'll the donuts honest. are shit. Yeah. No, the donuts aren't good. The coffee is good. Yeah. And I'm happy to be back amongst my people. Nice. And I'm just loving being in New York. Yeah, New York's great. New York is great. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Well, we're going to wrap it up with Great Falls. But before that, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh my goodness, Samantha! Samantha popped yeah, right up. She, I love, love this she question. She really likes that one. Um, the best advice I've ever gotten is uh, from Don Draper, uh-huh. and uh, it uh, my life moves one way forward. I love it because you know, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or at least it should be. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. Okay, we like to end the show every week by listing three things that we're grateful for. Love this. Um, the only caveat is try to not make it something you've said before. Sure. Because the whole purpose is when your brain scans for new things to be grateful for, you're actually strengthening the part of your brain that looks for the good in life. So it's actually scientifically proven to make you happier and more optimistic. Um So I'm on. Okay. Well, something I'm grateful for is that I'm able to walk around this city. Like I'm grateful for my body that I'm able to like, you know, just access the city. It's not Mm -hmm. a super accessible city. So I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also grateful for, oh, wow. You have to think about three things that you had or, okay. One, two. Um, I'm grateful for the internet. Even though I've talked about it, um, I loved meeting you and connecting with you. And the internet really is, you know, my friend Taylor Lorenz says like that, the, you know, she's an, an internet optimist. And I try to embrace mm-hmm. that too because um, it can build really cool connections. So I'm grateful for that. And I would say the last thing that I'm grateful for is my dog, Kelly, who reminds me so much of your dog, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kelly brings me so much joy and 
you know, when I come home at the end of the day and she jumps up, it just, and the, even like thinking about her when I'm going to get home, I can't wait. Yeah. So there's my things. Thank you. Oh, I love that. that. Okay. I'm going to try to go quick. I'm grateful that you're here. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with you. Like I, I the way, like I wish my boyfriend was here cause he'd be like, fucking Meredith like if I have to hear about your life anymore <laughs> so thank you that's <laughs> number one um I'm grateful for solid core I've been going recently I started going did like, you get the tattoo no but like do people get it is that a thing well did you know no you can get a hundred dollars worth of free classes if you get a tattoo the promotion okay, well, I don't have, have any tattoos, but guess who's about to get one? Well, I did already sign up for a year-long unlimited membership, so maybe I'll save that for next year. Okay, fair enough. It's like yeah. probably the worst financial decision I've ever made, but so far I've gone almost every day because I am determined Listen, to get my money's I, I have a Pure Bar membership. I'm, I'm, I buy into that stuff. I think if you go, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, and here's the thing. I've been going for two weeks now. Yesterday was literally two mm-hmm. weeks. I have noticed a huge difference in how strong I am. That's amazing. It's shocking. Is it easy for frankly. you to go to? Like it's close? Yeah, it's a 20 minute walk and I love to walk. So that's actually like 20 minutes is nothing. Yeah, that's like perfect. it may and as also, well like, be it's on like my a warm block. up. And then also it's like a little cool down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I get to walk through one of my favorite streets. Oh, actually, I sent you a picture when I was going to Solid Core. Oh. That's my route. That's so that I funny. go. So I get yeah. to walk with I mean, my it's such favorite. a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. You can like get a coffee or something or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love it. And then I am grateful. Um, so lately I've had an issue where I keep peeing my pants. Um, we're going to look into it, but, um, I'm grateful that I haven't like peed on furniture or just uh, something yeah, that is definitely like, it's one of those You're just things. underwear. Oh, no, I'm just washing. Is that, like, is that disgusting? Should I be throwing it away? No, I don't think you need to throw it away. I'm just, like, washing it in the laundry. No, you don't need to throw it away. No. But, yeah, so. I wouldn't throw it away. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I should. Now I'm, like, really rethinking things. Um, I've just really been washing it in the washing machine, but at least I haven't peed anywhere. Nothing of long-term consequence. Exactly. Have I cleaned the floors a lot the past few days? Yes. Sure. Um, But... You know, it's it's clean floors. I mean, listen, you, you got to look at the bright side of things. You <laughs> That's know? true, right? I could sit here and be like, God, it's really fucking annoying that I've spent <laughs> half of the past few days clean up, cleaning up urine. And then on the other side, I'm like, but, but I haven't peed anywhere bad. I haven't destroyed anything. Um, the floors are clean. And one thing I've learned is my pee is basically water right honestly at the end of the day as long as you're well hydrated who cares I'm I'm beyond like I I think actually the fact that I'm peeing my pants so much might indicate that I'm overhydrated maybe maybe it's a problem I do sometimes pee when I sneeze do you ever sneeze and then pee um you know now that I think about it I don't sneeze that much okay and once the other night I was watching a show and I laughed so hard that I peed a little bit um yeah Mm -hmm. that's a thing I just do it when I'm like when I'm coming home Mm -hmm. and from running errands or something and I just have to pee really badly and I well it's New York like there's not enough bathrooms in this no there aren't and like you're walking around all day like doing things and 
Um, and sometimes you think you're going to make it. And then I think something happens to your brain when you're in the building and it's like the toilet. Now it's so close. They know it's so close that it like releases. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Sorry to my neighbors. Cause I've peed in the elevator twice this week, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <gasps> it didn't smell when I came in. It. I'm, I'm telling you, it's pretty odor, odorless urine. <laughs> what can I say? Look, in fact, if anyone wanted to drink, I saw this clip yesterday on Instagram of some wellness dude talking about how he like drank his own pee for seven years or something because of some wellnessy thing but like I think he could drink this drink pee. your it's pee like, yeah it's that makes sense really yeah just water yeah I, people used to do that like on ships and stuff too right isn't that how yeah. you get rid of a like if sting? you're um isn't that what jellyfish sting no 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 you no? drink it you put it oh, on oh you put it on it <laughs> I mean, like, according to friends, I don't even know if that's a real thing, but, um, <laughs> you got stung by a jellyfish drink. Of course, I, I went the other way with that. I'm just picturing you, like, in the hospital. You're like, well, I drank my urine because I stung my jellyfish. And they'd be like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's an internal remedy. Yeah. <laughs> from the inside out. Cleansing from the inside out. <laughs> Okay, on that note, it's it's really not going to get any better than this. Um, you guys know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, follow Meredith. Meredith M. Lynch on TikTok and Instagram. Perfect. And we'll put the links in the show notes. Um, seriously, you guys, truly, I would say the best follow on the internet, oh, hands down. Like, I don't know. Samantha might be getting an account, so. Ooh, no. Like I said, she, she's not a social she's media girly. Grid. She's off the grid. She doesn't even, she won't even FaceTime, okay? <laughs> um. Okay, thank you so much, Meredith. Seriously. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. So much fun. And you guys, you know the drill. You know what to do. I'm going to go pee before I pee on the white blue clay chair. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye.